Welcome, everybody, to the Euphoria Podcast. Now, before we get into anything, I want to remind everyone that we are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you're not sure where to find us, you can also head over to eu.lolesports.com. But this is the Euphoria Podcast, the podcast about all things EULCS. We're going to talk about overhyped and underrated, some EULCS power rankings, some quick shots, our quick fire predictions, and our topics of the day featuring our special guests include Top Lane and the State of Misfits. Now, I'm your host, Daniel Dracos, joined by my co-host, Martin Fisher-Lung. And of course, who better to talk about Top Lane and Misfits than Misfits Top Laner, Barney Alfari Morris. Welcome, Alfari. Hi. There you go. There it is. You also managed to say top lane, I think, like five times in this it's, intro. It's a very top lane focused episode. Top lane is the hot topic right it now really is. on Reddit. So we got to let the kids know. Uh, so Alfari, I want to ask. You have probably the most supportive esports parent of any player I have ever seen. What What is this like? For those who don't know, Alfari's mom is in every Reddit or not every Reddit thread, every Twitter thread, like, Alfari's going to win. Misfit's going to win. <laughs> Alfari's going to crush him. He's going to fuck him up. You know, like, <laughs> sometimes less strong language, but she's always... So, are you... Is this, like, the embarrassing, like, mom cheering you on in a sports game situation? Are you cool with this? How, how does this feel? I'm cool with it. I appreciate the support that my mom has for me. Um, I'm not sure if she's, like, the most supportive mom. I, I guess the parents, like, the Bivens who also have Twitter accounts and tweet all the time too, but it's just something that, you know, after I win or I lose, I go on the Twitter and I see. <laughs> I will have you guys know that uh, I don't think Alfari follows his own mom on Twitter. Is that correct? Well, <laughs> what, are you I, 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 I don't know for sure, but... Because it says that there are five followers that I know that follow her. And I see... Uh, Hussein Musby, Dracos, <laughs> yeah. I see Ben, the owner of Misfits, I see Hansama, and I see Hiva, your, of course, uh, strategic I don't, coach. I don't see... I don't see Barney <laughs> in here following his own mom who tweets about <laughs> Misfits all the time. Welcome to the Euphoria Psychology Hour. Barney, why don't you love your mom, man? What's... <laughs> It's all good, though. It's all good. I mean, I, I like that she's so supportive. I think it's cool. I think we could stand for more supportive. We have some parents that always come to the ULCS. I think that's cool. I think still number one most supportive parent, though, is probably Sheepy's dad, who owns Literally the organization owns the team. that yes. he's coaching for, is, um, is funding the entire operation. There's some of the Danish players as well. Uh, Wonders entire family uh, went to Krakow to watch the final. They've been in the EOS studio multiple times as well. That's I even true. saw them, uh, I think it was week one or week two. Yeah, we saw Wonder's dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all now in G2 Esports merch. So uh, they make sure to always show up. Like it's uh, four or five different people uh, supporting Wonder. So we have, I'm sure there's way more than this, but I, I will say I should start following uh, your mom on Twitter. I think her tweets are very cool. Uh, funny enough, last week when you guys lost 0-2, she didn't tweet anything. So, it seems like she only supports you when you're winning right yeah, now. What a true right. fan. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's stop with the, the Alfari's mom flame and Alfari flame. But there's no flame here. No, I'm just it's saying. It's praise. It's praise. It's love. And I appreciate that. But the other thing I think we want to know about is, as the only only double checking Welsh player. Yes. I always confuse yes. Vettis is a caster, only Welsh caster. But you, as the only Welsh player, talk to us a little bit about Wales because we know nothing outside of what we use to insult Vettis, which all involve sheep. So, outside of that, tell us about Wales. 
there really isn't that much else apart from sheep in Wales, to be honest. That's really? The, that's all you got? Well, there's there's uh, Steadford, which is like a celebration, which, you know, just happens in school. I've never really been to any big event. Okay. Which is like singing and like folk dancing and just Ooh. weird stuff like that. Um, can you dance? No, I can't. I mean, obviously anyone can dance. Can I dance well? No. <laughs> um, but that's basically it. Huh. I said for Dan Sheep. What is the most famous Welsh dish? I can't even name a Welsh dish. Can I know that leeks are somewhat famous in Wales, like the vegetable. Okay. But I wouldn't say a leek is a meal in itself. <laughs> Remind so. me never to let you write like a promotional poster for Wales. There's nothing unique here except for leeks, jokes about sheep, and this one festival where I guess people dance. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. It's got well, a cool flag, though. All right, then. I That's mean, true. Do you watch rugby? Not really. No. Oh, man. Okay, Six so Nations. What did? I mean, while we're on the subject, what what was your like? What did you do growing up other than play video games? Because like for me, there's like so much that happened going on in my hometown that I was always like trying to do and trying to be a part of. I'm curious, like, if you weren't a part of any events because there weren't any, what were you up to? Like, did you were you like? A hooligan running around on the streets causing terror. Like, what was the Alfari childhood like? It was just playing video games when you were, you know, just go to school and then come back home and play video games. That was, that was it, you know. Isn't it kind of crazy then? Because when you were 17, you got into the LCS. Basically. I was 16. You were, you were actually 16 when you joined yeah. Misfits like a, in Challenger, right? And qualified. Yeah, and qualified. And then you turned 17 for the first... Uh, as soon as you turned 17, you played your first split. And now you're 18? That's right. That's I'm just, I'm just going to make sure. Maybe <laughs> you're 19. You did your research. Good that you came prepared, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin. So, um, like, isn't it kind of crazy you go from living in Wales where nothing happens to then traveling around the world? You were in China and everything. You were sitting on a big stage in front of thousands and thousands of people you get casted by great casters like drakers and Deficio. Mm, like true isn't that kind of crazy that quick jump from a, such a young young kid um i don't think so sure i travel more but i'm still doing the same thing that i did when i was sat in my bedroom just playing video games which is playing league of legends so i, I like some things have changed where i don't go to school anymore i travel sure. instead but the main thing is still consistent where i just play league of legends I like it. It's a humble approach to life. I'm here to play video games. I'm good at playing video games, and I'm going to continue. To but play that, video there games. must have been a moment when you stood on the stage and you were like, "Okay, holy shit! Like this is this is insane." Yeah, playing in uh, Paris was really cool. Like the crowd was huge. And yeah, I was actually nervous for once. A little Ooh. bit. First time. Well, I was probably nervous like the first couple of games in LCS, but after that, uh, I don't think nerves really played uh, a factor. Stone Cold Killer, man. That's how far I mean. I like that attitude. I also actually want to ask about something completely separate. You realize when you're sitting on our stage in the LCS studio, the PC had to crack or crash like four times or something with you on it against, who was that against? So against H2K. Mm. No other players ever paused that many times in a row. What happened? Talk to us. So... I had FPS drops, and the solution was to just wait and see if it happens again. Okay, and it, <laughs> and, and it kept happening again. So <laughs> I kept pausing and you know checking with the ref to see what would happen. <laughs> and uh, after we won the final team fight, I paused because I wasn't sure if we could end or anything. 
well, not, that wasn't the reason, obviously, but if, if I knew we could end, I wouldn't have paused anyway. But in the last team fight, since I just got a new computer, my sound was completely messed up. So I actually couldn't hear <laughs> any of my teammates talking in the fight. I just heard Bound spitting at people. <laughs> so uh, that was a little bit scary, but thankfully we managed to win the fight anyway. The good thing is I saw the, the mic check of that actual fight. Yeah. And you hear Afari say certain things. And then you just hear him start praising like Maxwell or something for stealing the Baron, and no one answers him at all. At all. It's just him going like, great job, yeah, that's good, do this. And like, no one answers. It's just him talking. Oh, that was actually fantastic. Ugh. Yeah, I was basically talking to myself. Hey, you won the fight. Yeah. That's all that matters. And we got a new PC on stage. I, you know, I feel bad, and I don't want to like throw the, the League Ops team under the bus, because I think that they generally they do good work, but I feel bad that you're ever in a situation where it's like, ah, problem. Let's see if it happens again. Like, but I like. What else do you do, right? How else do you actually handle that? Apparently, some really weird FPS issue that's been happening. I don't actually know any details on it, other than just it's really unpredictable and it can just kind of randomly appear, which is why top lane PCs have not been an issue the last two weeks. I think it's been some other guy then who had like either an FPS issue or the classic one where Blank has to pause for Rocket because his mouse doesn't work, and I'm just like. <laughs> he broke two mouses. Come weekend. on, how does a mouse just break in the middle Poor of Rocket. it? Not exactly the peripheral advertising that you want. And then we get the blame. It's like, ah, you production right there. I'm like, it's a player mouse. <laughs> it's, it's it's fault. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? All I know is that Blank has like superhero grip strength to just shatter mice mid-game. Even better one. We had Kissing using a French keyboard. For the first two weeks? For of two weeks and didn't say anything. And then on the third week, he sat down with the same keyboard. And he was like, wait a minute, I can't play with this. It's a French keyboard. <laughs> what? And then they go, here's the, here's the best part of that. They grab his backup. It's also a French keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a longer pause for that one as well. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff can happen with pauses. We have toilet issues. Uh, classic, the LCK classic. Yeah, I guess the FPS one, to be fair was really annoying and good thing you paused. Solved the issue, won the game. Yeah, it was a good thing we paused four or five times in a single game. That was exciting. Hey, it actually was pretty fun. It was a good game. <laughs> Alright, that's enough BS, boys. Let's get into it. Let's get into our first topic of the week. Now it is time for Overhyped and Underrated and this week, like week one, we are going to be doing teams looking back at how we've done in the past. Now, I'm gonna go first, guys. I'll make it easy on you, far You are the guest. We'll have you go second to keep things spicy. And Deficio is always going to go last because he's boring. Uh, funny enough, I'm the only one who's always used the overhyped one. I've never used underrated. That's true. But I've been right How on every single one? underrated, haven't I? You said Kane. I said, except for Kane. I, I got Giants. I got Ruin. Where are they now? Yeah, but Ruin went downhill ever, ever since you praised <laughs> it. I thought, is Ruin, is Ruin considered one of the best top lanes in Europe right now? No. There you go. You were wrong. You said he was the we, best we, top we, player. Well, of course, Alfari's not going to say he's the best, but let's... Okay. He said no, not even one of the best. Where is he? Bottom five? Yeah, bottom five. There we go, Drakus. Go ahead now. Dude, wow. You're starting, you're starting so hard. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. <laughs> it's, it's early, man. Let me, let me warm up. You can't come in that hot. <laughs> you got the Giants one. I got to give you All right, all right. So I'm not... What, per usual, I'll, I'll take the, uh, the easy target here. And I'm going to say <laughs> G2 Esports. Uh, we put them, I think, sixth last week. Now, they're in second. They've been rising up. They've been getting better. And even after seeing some of their uh, decent performances in week three, even after seeing some 
better performances from Hyarn, and we still put them down at sixth. And now I feel like uh, this G2 roster, despite still having some communication issues, despite Hyarn admittedly having a really bad game last week, I feel like the team is coming together well. I think Wonder is way better than I expected him to be. I think Perks is continuing to be a rock. And uh, honestly, outside of their bot lane, it feels like everyone stepped up in the last week. And now that they're second, I feel like that's a much more deserving place for them to be. So you think they are, what, the best team in Europe? or? I mean, oh, man, it's Because like, I feel like after, after this week, people rate them as one of the best. Yeah, I'd say that they're top three, right? And it's hard for me because I think Fnatic performed really well as well. But for what we saw from Fnatic's game was a lot more of the same, like, playing around Reckless style that we've seen in the past. And I still want to see Fnatic develop more than that, as they kind of promised before I put Fnatic above them. So for now, yeah, I would say that I think that G2 are better because I think that we've seen more variants from G2. And while, yes, Hyarnan and Wadid still aren't finding that consistency, they have shown that they can be really good. And so when they do, I feel like this team will be much more flexible than Fnatic stands currently. And that's the only other team I see really competing for them in the top three after the... Pretty uh, abysmal 0-2 for Misfits last week, who Ooh. were our previous top three uh, contender. Afari, what do you think about G2 right now? I, I, think, think, they're, I think they're pretty good. Um, I don't know if they're better than teams like Vitality and Fnatic, but I think they're getting better, and I think they should be a playoffs team. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a safe one. Uh, but are they underrated? That's the big question. I mean, are they above six? That's all, that's all I'm saying. We put yes. them so low. They are for now above six. I agree. I agree with you. What, let's see. Like, what is the... Because I think teams often have different sentiment than the community does. So, like, where do you think most teams see G2? Would they rate them, like, top three, top six? Where do you think they're, like, perceived in the, uh, like the unofficial team tier list at the moment from what you've seen? Um, I'll say they're like top three or top four. Hmm. I think um, Vitality is, you know, a safe one at the moment since they're just performing really well in LCS. And then after that, uh, Schalke, Fnatic, and G2 all look pretty strong hmm. and have good players. So I think uh, all those three teams are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. All right. I so mean, I underrated by maybe public perception. Or at least it's, it's fun because actually ever since week one, uh, whenever I talk to players, they rated G2 really highly. Uh, even when they were like, you know, one and three in, in the LCS, they still saying like, yeah, but this is just best of one and, and a meta where sometimes if you draft better team fighting, you can just win that way. And, and But G2 in scrims and, and everything is actually way better than this. And people always rated them as a really, really strong team in Europe. So I think that's just... They're doing a lot of good things very clearly uh, behind the scene that we don't see on stage, but because we are in this best of one situation, like you can go on stage very quickly and draft a weaker late game comp, but then you can lose a game that technically you should have won. You can uh, team fight with a one three one comp. Another easy way to, to throw it all away. Yeah, you can blind pick Skano when Tom Kench is up. We've yeah. already made fun of that one for a few times, but uh, stuff can happen that makes you lose <laughs> games. They look pretty good right now. I I agree. All right, so I did G2. I said they're underrated. Maybe not from the pro player's perspective, but I would argue from community perspective. Might not have put them top three. So the question is, who wants to go next? Alfaro, do you want to share yours? Deficio, do you want to go? Who's got the spiciest? Because they should go last. Alfaro, okay. go first. Okay, I'll go first. So I think Giants are overrated. I think Tijoko's the only player that's been performing like particularly well. And that like that is surprising a bit since last year mm -hmm. Tijoko was uh 
Not the luckiest jungler. But <laughs> this, year, all laugh. <laughs> yeah, this year he's actually been performing. Like he's been aggressive and he's been good. Um but the other players are just kind of getting carried by late game comps, I feel like, and other teams being bad. Um like Steelback, Betsy, Ruin, Targamas, I think actually has potential as a rookie. I think he can be good. Mm-hmm. Um but at the moment, I don't think they're that great. I think the individual players are getting overrated. Um, a lot of games they lose like pretty hard during lane phase. Yeah. But then because teams are bad like us, we just throw late game. So yeah, they look good because of that. But I don't think they're very strong. So basically, the moment the meta changes to something where you can't just draft a full late game comp, you you predict giants to lose a lot of games. Yeah, if the meta becomes more early game focused, I think um, the lane is going to get even more exposed. And or if teams just stop throwing, then that too. Sure, but that won't work. happen, mate. This is yeah, spring split in it's Europe. It's best of one. <laughs> the throwing part will keep happening. People will keep trying to team fight with their Rengars. <laughs> it, it's gonna, it's gonna keep happening, man. Hey, Rengar's a great team fighting champion. <laughs> hey, I, I went back and rewatched that uh, Giants versus Misfits game, and watching Max Lord <laughs> come flying in the air with Rengar and die the moment he's about to land because he's of course building full damage, made me go like, yeah, that Rengar in team fights really did very well there. <laughs> That was every fight. That Rengar built them a 10k gold lead to That Rengar is going to throw it away. That is his right. It is true. It is true. Um, I am glad to hear that Afari shares some of our opinions. We've actually had this discussion yeah. quite a few times. And uh, I think it's actually crazy how many teams, I would argue, are in this position. I think that um, Rocket has shown a little bit more, but I think we're kind of milking that in the first few weeks. I think Giants have shown this too, as, as excited as I was about them. I think Splice yeah, very Splice, much yeah, yeah. have shown this too. Uh, and it's it's crazy that across two patches, and I'm guessing even for this third patch, 8.3, that's coming out, where we're going to just have a situation where, once again, you can just draft scaling. Because even though champions like Azir did get hit in the patch, it's, uh, I mean, it's mostly just it's laning phase exclusively, right? Like, late game is still the same absolute terror that he's always been. There's definitely still options to go for that. But I, I just... Things I like about Giants is I like their decisiveness when it comes to Golden Baron, which actually was one of the ways they also got back in the game against you guys, uh, Elfari, when you guys lost mid-control and then they rushed Baron and you guys kind of came in to try and stop them and lost Baron, died 3-for-3 uh, three three in the fight and then lost the following team fight and then the game was kind of over. Um, I think they are very good at actually saying, okay, when to go Baron, uh, rush it down. I think Joko's early game is hilarious to watch like the man will literally just go from camp gank camp gank camp gank (laughs) and like he will be like two levels down level three to level five and he doesn't care at all he goes for another gank and he just needs (laughs) one of them to work so it's that's why it's really funny to me how far when you pointed out that you're like joko is the best performer because i because to me i still pick ruin because i think that ruin generally has has been pretty good across landing phases maybe not a top five top one everything's been good for the team and joko all i see is like this man goes in every game, no questions asked. I watched him lose like six camps to Max Lord's Rengar in your guys' early game, and he's just like, eh, "Who needs the camps? I'm here to tax lanes. I'm here to yeah. gank, and that's all I live for." And that would actually be really fun to see if he was with a team with really strong laners. Like, watch that kind of style. Maybe it's too much all in early game. Then it would just horribly go wrong some games. But Giants, who are currently ranked uh, tied for second place mm-hmm. with G2 and Fnatic. Uh, definitely is at the moment too high up in these rankings uh, based on 
the actual skill of the team. But because they've been abusing a meta, we got to give them that credit, right? I mean, I mean, it does, regardless of scaling comps, you do still have to find the windows of opportunity very often to come back. Uh, sure, sure, and of course... Still, not to continue flaming off Ari, but outside of that Misfits game where you guys threw yourselves into them for some reason. But other than those moments... I just also think that coming in as a team and saying, okay, this meta, we can play full late game. Uh, European teams will throw, uh, and we can't win lanes. So what do we do? We draft full late game, and we get really good at team fighting, and we win that way. That does deserve some credit, because I'm watching some other teams in this league not do that, and then lose a lot of games. I'm just like, I guess if you want to improve for playoffs, you should learn to play every different kind of style. So that's why it's good you guys are playing 1-3-1 and that kind of stuff. But if you just want to rack up wins to make top six, which you should as a Giants team, you just go for late game every game. Like, I think it's a correct strategy or not. Do you disagree? No, I agree. If you want to win like every game, then probably just drafting full late game, or at least like better late game, it's going to be the right way to go. In most games, it requires very low risk. Mm -hmm. And you can just sit back and uh, let the enemies give you a win. But that's not Misfit's plan, I guess. Um, well, who knows? Now that they're 4-4, maybe we actually have to <laughs> bust out late game comps to make it to playoffs. But ideally, we'll be able to you know, win with a 10k gold lead. All right, sounds good. Now we're going to get to talk more about Misfits and their ambitions as a 1-3-1 team. You just spoiled my overrated team. <laughs> okay. Wait, no, you didn't. You no, I did. Now we're saying we're going to talk about that later. But no, I thought you said now we're going to talk about All it. All right, let's pretend we'll wind it back five seconds, pretend I didn't say anything. Martin, you who's your dinner. team? My overrated team, overhyped team, just to be a little bit nice, because overrated is a negative word. Ah, I see. My overhyped team is Misfits Gaming. Gasp. Rated as the second best team in Europe. Two or three weeks running, I feel like. Also by us. To by be, us. To be by clear, us. To be yeah, clear. yeah, yeah. I mean, this rating is, is from us. We are flaming ourselves. This right is now. us doing this. Uh, <laughs> we, of course, looked at Misfits and said, wow, these guys are so good. You know, Fari in the top lane is performing. Uh, Hansama in late game team fights. What a monster. There's actually pretty clean understanding of what to do in the mid game. And then we go into week four. They play against Giants and they play against... Rockets. Rockets. Two teams who I think Misfits should beat, in my opinion. Mm. And they go 0-2. Uh, Giants, they were up 10k gold. And as far, as far as already talked about, uh, they decided to, uh, well, uh, walk straight into every teamfight possible. Uh, lose, of course, the late game teamfights because their comp was not very good at late game teamfighting with... Uh, the full lethality Rengar, so that was a poor call. I think there were some lane assignments that could have changed around as well, uh, where Rice was on the wrong side and should have been on the other one. But apart from that, that was a really poor late game choice for Misfits. And then against Rocket, quick reminder to everyone, whether you, let's say Rift Held does not count in perfect game for a moment, mm. they got perfect gamed by Rocket. <laughs> a team who's not been able to close out games when they got early advantages if they drafted a better early game comp. And they perfect gamed, ignoring Rift Herald, Misfits Gaming. What What was that orange top lane? Yeah, you okay. couldn't do anything. You just sat there and did nothing. I mean, why the orange top lane? Why don't we just give you a chance to respond to the first accusation that Misfits are overrated? Do you not feel like you guys have made it into the, the top two, top three in Europe currently? No, we haven't. We just went 0-2 against Giants Rockat. There's no way we're top three. 
Why are you guys so bad then? Um, well, if I knew how to answer that like yeah. properly, then <laughs> I would hope that we would become top two or top three. What? Maybe, yeah, this is, you're, you're coming in hot there. Uh, well, I, I meant more in a jokey way. Cause yeah, no, 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 it's good, it's good. I mean, I think you got to ask the tough question. So, like, let's let's change it a little bit. Like, instead, what are you guys working on? And what do you feel like was the biggest issue, specifically with this week of games, that you lost to Giants and that you got perfect game by Rocket? Um, I think our communication was probably the biggest issue in both the games. Um, versus Giants, sure we had like a, like a huge lead and pushed a one even if we weren't playing as good as we could. Communication was still a pretty big factor. Um, like when we got Baron, mm-hmm. we only got two towers from it because, well, we just weren't uh, like giving the necessary information. To, we probably could have got like four towers instead. And we had this random reset as well, um, which gave them the next Baron. So I think communication was the biggest issue. And then versus Rockat, well, Oh, he's smiling. I can see it. Probably communication as well, I suppose. Like this game was just I don't I don't really know like exactly all the things that went wrong. It was I guess it was just communication, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> I, it's also hard cuz you're sitting top lane chilling during this game yes. on a tank doing nothing and you like look down and your bot lane is clearly communicating that the right call is to leap face first into the enemy and throw their lives away. So I can see how communication might be a bit of an issue. That game was uncharacteristically uh, bad individual performances and movement on map in the early game. Could you give some examples of what it is when you say communication? Like, uh, you don't have to reveal anything about how the team uh, comms up, but more, is it like people are calling? T- to fight at the wrong time, so they're not saying, oh, this guy is missing, or like, what kind of stuff is that? I don't think it's like giving wrong comps. I think it's just people being quiet. Ah. Um, like in scrims, we are kind of a problem, which we're obviously trying to fix now, where maybe like one block, everyone would be talking really well, and then the next block, you know, two or three people would just uh, shut down in comms, and it seemed like they just translated the stage. Mm. And, um, like information is being left out when it was important. And then um, the people that need to be proactive. So in this own game, for example, I'm on a tank, which is fine. Like it's a fine matchup in the Camille. Um, but we decided to play around, you know, like boss side instead. And mm-hmm. I get left on an mm-hmm. island, which is fine. They have a strong early game jungler. And we want to, you know, snowball both in rather than a tank. Um, but then we need to be more proactive in that lane rather than top. And uh, we just failed on the day, I think. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good chance to just focus in on talking about Misfits in general because it's one of the things we wanted to hit today. And uh, you kind of bring up a good thing when you talk about tanks and, and the team being willing to play around the bot side. Uh, with the departure of, of Power of Evil, we noticed that like the way damage is spread across your team is is completely different and that you and Hansama have both started dealing way, way, way more damage and that... Uh, now, with Senkux in the mid lane, he's been much more utility-focused. Admittedly, this game uh, and a few of the games were a little different where he has been put on a few more, like, Rise-style changes. It's gone up a little bit, the, mm. the, his damage. But obviously, of course, like, meta change as well, but... But, yeah, but what I'm curious about is, is like, how how do you see your role on Misfits? Because, I mean, we see a lot of GP from you, and I think it's, like, it's looked good for you, and it feels like you have been kind of stepping into more of this, this carry position for Misfits, this late-game carry 
uh, style. Uh, but like, where do you see yourself as a top leader on Misfits? I think it's just method dependent. I think for the past three weeks, um, top players that deal a lot of damage, like Vladimir, before Frost Queen's changed, mm -hmm. and now, even now it's still fine. We're being really strong and Gangplank. And this champ is probably the strongest top laner. Uh, for long, for like past three patches as well, he's really strong. And uh, of course, when these champions are open and I have the opportunity to play them, which I think are really strong, then I'm going to take it. And then I just do more damage if I'm playing a Maokai or a Nautilus. So I don't think uh, we've like changed mindset or anything. Mm -hmm. We can play around top, we can play around bot. At least that should be the goal. And I think I can play tanks and carries. It just depends on the meta. What kind of change has there been with Senkooks instead of Power of Evil, like on the team? Is it mainly outside of the game or do you feel anything different in the game? Um, I think Senkooks offers more flexibility in playstyles. Um, Power of Evil was really good at his style of playing control mages like Syndra or Yana. Yeah. But when he tried to play other styles like roaming mids like Talia Galio, we didn't have the same success. And we were a little bit uh, reluctant to play them as well, mm -hmm. since we were like doing well with the other styles. So we were just like, oh, well, you know, why bother changing styles or, you know, adapting to the meta? Uh, I think Senkux kind of has that over Power of Evil. But I think that's the main difference. Maybe comms are slightly different as well. I think Power of Evil communicate more mm -hmm. a little bit. But um, at least doing team fights, mm -hmm. he was uh, a good shot caller doing team fights, and Senkux, um doesn't do that as much. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, because Senkux has always been a very interesting player. Uh, where I see a lot of good things from him, but then I see some sometimes like he will just like randomly fall really far behind in lane, and it can be a lot of reasons for that. Maybe it was a jungle gang, or maybe it was a poor trade he took, or whatever. But and then the next game, he's doing perfectly fine once again. Uh, but I did feel like Power of Evil, at least Summer, Split, and most of Worlds, like, became pretty consistent in the way he was playing. And as long as he was on these, like, specific champions for him, where, like, he would always do pretty well in team fights. He would never dominate lane, uh, but he, would, he wouldn't, like, fall really far down either. And then he would just be a main damage threat for the team the entire game long. Where Senkooks, I think, is a little bit more inconsistent in his performance, at least on stage. Maybe that's not the same in scrims, but we've seen him make some mistakes in the early game that put him far behind. Uh, like him versus Jizuke. Uh, the Rise game he just had where he uses the ult and stopwatch not at the same time. I think he got knocked up or something just when he ulted and he ends up dying to an early gank because of it. Like Some of these things, I think... Once he gets a bit more games under his belt uh, with this new Misfits lineup, I think might change. But it's something we have seen over the last few years. Yeah, but I'm curious what your experience has been. I think the point that you raised that's most interesting is because, like, Sengux is, in terms of raw statistics, not performing as well as Power of Evil did in the regular season. And so I'm curious, uh, when you guys were scrimming, you talk about the flexibility and his ability to play multiple different roles, but is there a difference between Sengux's uh, scrim performance and stage performance in terms of kind of the consistency that you guys see? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't pay. Uh, I don't. I don't pay much attention to like individuals' performance during scrims. I don't think it matters that much. If like mm -hmm. someone makes mistakes individually, it's just it happens. You know, you don't really criticize them for it if it happens. Uh, I think on stage, 
maybe he's had like some unfortunate moments, but I think he's still a good player. And yep. in scrims, he's been showing that. So I I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. So talk to me about what you do look at in scrims. If you're not looking at like individual laners, if it's more of a team game, when you're playing in a scrim, um, what what is your focus in terms of how do you uh, like? Do, are you looking at yourself and your individual play? Are you looking at like how the team is communicating? You as an individual, what are you hoping to walk away with when you enter this kind of scrim environment? So, I, I I will look at my lane phase and what I think I can do better or anything like this, and I think like every player will do that for themselves rather than like me criticize Maxdorf for you know like a jungle camp or something he's doing, <laughs> or me criticize Hans for a bot lane trade. I'm not going to do that. Like they can figure it out themselves. They're smart players. And then our coach, uh, Hussein, will uh, like direct us for mid-late game and talk about what we could be doing better in terms of macro, um, less so in terms of like individual mm-hmm. mess-ups mm-hmm. or what we can do better there. So I think we just you know look at it individually and then our coaches will step in. But that's it. You mentioned Maxlow just before there. Uh, one thing I've noticed whenever I... I I'm hanging around you guys, so when I'm watching a documentary with Misfits in it, you and Max Lore seem to have a really cool relationship where it's a lot of banter. And and I hear you often like criticize him or flame him for anything random, not necessarily in the game, but just something. Like what's your relationship with him? I obviously I played with him for a long time, even before Misfits. Yeah. We were on a team in the UK. So we have a pretty good relationship and I think because we've played with each other for a long time, it's really easy to criticize each other, like seriously or, you know, jokingly. I can, you know, flame him jokingly and he'll know, <laughs> like, not to take it the wrong way. And if I want to be serious, I can, you know, talk to him without getting offended, which maybe other players would if I, mm. you know, point out, yeah, well, you did this badly. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's good. We've played together for a long time, so... It's just natural. For people that don't know, obviously, Max Lore and Alfari, back in the UK scene many years ago, were some of the... Well, I, for, I hear different things about Max Lore's performance back then, but Alfari was always hyped up as one of the big new kids coming in. Max Lore heard from Vedius that he was not always considered that great in the <laughs> UK scene. And Vedius actually believes that he was a rival of Max Lore in the UK scene. And I have a hard... this, yeah, this stunted pro player thing where he's like, oh yeah, that one time I played against Cadrill. Yeah. That one time I played against other random UK guy. Well, he seems to believe that him and Maxwell were roughly the same level when they played in the UK scene. I don't know if you ever played against Vedius back in the UK scene. I've never played against Vedius. See, that probably says a lot about how Vedius was not <laughs> on the best teams, where I assume you were always on the best teams uh, back then. There's a lot of... The UK scene is like very closed, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of internal banter going on. And you're probably not part of it anymore. I assume that now you're in the LCS and you stepped out of it. But were you a big part of that UK scene before you became a pro? Uh, not really. I was on the UK I was on the UK team, but I didn't really interact with other UK players because I didn't really think they were good. Mm. But uh, there's the banter I like. <clears throat> I knew that I was good. So it was my first team I joined, the UK team, and I just joined it uh you know, have team experience. And then once I was finished on that team, like went to Challenger Series, it was just uh, like someone to start off with. Hmm. Everything you talk about, it feels like you're a really 
purposeful person? Like everything you do is just like, this is the value that it has and I'm going to go into the next step. Uh, do you consider yourself like just like not an emotional player when it comes to like your decision making? Is it always very so is it always so like logical and from point A to point B? Um, in the past, I was definitely emotional as a player. Uh, if we lost, I'll get pretty annoyed or angry sometimes. Like in Paris, I think I got a little bit tilted. Mm. But I don't think I have the problem anymore. Mm. I think I am, you know, like less emotional now. But I think it's still, like, I think every player is emotional to a degree. So I think there's that. But I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, very emotional doing games or anything like this. What tilts you? Um, Let's say for solo queue. Like, what's the most sure. tilting thing in solo queue? I don't. We're not trying to give away strats. No, no, no. I just wonder to tilt if it's the like, misfits. But that, I'm it, curious too. Yeah, like what? What actually like drives? Is there anything that like actually drives you insane? Like in a pro game or or solo queue when it, when it happens to you? Playing against at least Talia or Galio. Uh huh. Stuff where you basically get camped. You can't do <laughs> yeah, anything. You know, just level three. Oh well, they're three man top lane again. <laughs> Guess I'm dead. And then TV back, and then Galio TV's behind me. Oh well. Have you ever had the issue on Jax uh, where you're using Counter-Strike and Fiora cues towards you and she actually hits you and deals damage? I've never had that problem. Would you tilt if it happened to you? No, I'll just be like, oh, what? it's just a cue. Interesting. Just, <laughs> just for science, just for research. That's never happened to me. <laughs> okay. My Counter-Strike usually works. Yeah, there you go. Oh, God. All right, so back on, back on the Misfits. Um, <laughs> outside of the Fiora cue, Martin, God. Um, I think we, I, you know, I talked to your coach before the season started, uh, and he talked a lot about team goals. And I'm curious if you, if you guys are on the same page in that, and like the big picture for Misfits. So why don't you just run us through like what is the grand, grand ambition of Misfits this time around? Now that the uh, the former one year plan has been completed, what is the year two plan? Well, we achieved goals last year. The only thing to achieve now in Europe is to win, like the LCS split. So, you know, wins. Uh, spring and summer, just win Europe and then have a good performance at Worlds. Hmm. And this all feels kind of like like pretty long-term plans, right, in terms of growth. And uh, I'm curious, like, you talk about, hey, if you want to just win games, you play these scaling compositions, you guys are trying more, you're trying to, like, grow as a team and you're trying some of these one three one options. How do you balance this, like, doing what is best in the meta versus developing uh, as a team when it comes to what you pick and what you play? So maybe for stage, you can just play what you think is the highest chance to win. But in the scrims, you should always be playing to improve, um, regardless of what the meta is. So like, whether it's late game, you can probably just play to improve anyway. Um, you can still play like different styles on stage. Then it's necessarily the best meta for your region, at least, since I don't think like super scaling late game is always going to be the best for every region. Like in LCK, sure, they have really long games, but mm -hmm. at the same time, if you have a 10k gold lead, you know, the game's over anyway. So I think it just comes down to the team and their expectations or their goals. So if we were a team that just wanted to make playoffs, then it would make perfect sense for us to just um, try hard, really hard on winning every game in the LCS. I suppose, well, I mean, obviously we're doing that anyway, but... Oh, no, yeah. no, no. You guys are just Yeah, we're just, we're just sandbagging. We're yeah. gonna, <laughs> but... Um, Maybe for a team like G2, maybe that's why they lost as well initially. Uh -huh. Not because they're bad, because they have like all good players and um, yeah, they have like a fine coaching staff as well. But maybe they were just trying some stuff out as well. 
that the like for the long term would be better than them, like getting the basics down as opposed to just abusing the meta and abusing other teams being bad, which I think you should be more focused on yourself than other teams. It's something we hear a lot. Um, mm. It used to be just like the best team of the region who said that, like TSM would always say it in North America for the last like two years, basically like winning in a is part of the plan, but the main goal is to do well internationally. You know, we got to learn for the long term uh, all the time. And I know G2 said it last year as well. It was Sven and Mithy on the lineup. Now I feel like it's not just the best team in Europe saying it anymore. I feel like there's more teams doing it. We had Perks on the podcast saying the exact same things, like learn the basics, play slow just to make sure everything is done correctly. Don't just go in and like, try and style on bad teams because that won't benefit you in the long run. Uh, I know you were saying as well with Misfits. Uh, I feel like we have more teams now who's trying to think long-term. Schalke, G2, Misfits is the three main examples I have. Uh, Where Fnatic's a little bit more play their own style and Vitality Mm. the same with the very like more aggressive uh, approach to the game. But it is interesting because this might work for one or two teams where they actually do improve a lot along the way and then look look yeah. much better in players but I can definitely also see other teams who just end up hamstring themselves by not picking up enough wins because they were trying too hard to just learn the basics and, and these kind of things instead of just saying what is the most effective way for our team to play the game and that's again why I think credit to Giants for figuring out this is how they're supposed to play the game and win which is really good right now but might not benefit them in playoffs and that's why I don't know if Vitality coming into playoffs like if you look at Vitality now do you think going into playoffs and best of fives they're going to be that scary? No. See, that's one of the big ones. You got to explain that one, though. Well, I think they're performing a lot better than expected at the moment. Yes. And I think that they rely too heavily on the mid-jungle to get ahead early game. I think when even or behind, they've looked pretty bad overall. So I think when teams start to come all together and just, you know, Jisuki stops getting solo kills every game, basically, <laughs> that they're going to be in a tough position since I don't think their bot lane is, you know, able to like carry or get a lead themselves. And I think Kabushad is not as strong as other top laners in terms of laning, although he has, you know, stepped up. He has been better than other mm-hmm. seasons for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they just too reliant on Gideas and Jizuki to get ahead. And if they don't get ahead, then they lose. At least that's what I expect in playoffs. See, that's kind of the thing. We've seen this before. Yeah. A team dominates regular season uh, by having like one or two really good players do really well in the early game, get ahead, and and then uh, they use it as a kind of snowball and they play very aggressive. Now, I think Vitality have tried to do more late game uh, without the same success. They fell really far behind against Giants, but then bounced back. Against Rocket, they had to use a Varus TP into the base to win the game. So when they have stepped away from the more early game approach. It definitely has looked a lot different for this team and they could have picked up some losses there. So it's going to be really interesting to see if they can use the second half of a regular season to actually work on some other things. So it is not just as Safari is talking about. I mean, we heard from Yamato that they are experimenting and they do or they could just play scaling compositions, right? Where they have a tank top laner and they have, you know, the Azir and a hyper carry. And, and he was very adamant that they were a team that wanted to be able to play 1-3-1 because they thought that it's something that they could do. Mm-hmm. And we have seen that supported in their picks and bans. Kaba is almost always playing a split pusher or, you know, or a GP. Um, is you know, a bit more of a scaling Kind of sitting in a side lane still. Yeah. And so uh, it's interesting to me because I agree that I think 
They have enough time, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, they have enough time to work on We that can't kind of deny stuff. right now, for sure, that a lot of their wins, one, are coming from some very ridiculous scenarios in the case of some of those comeback wins and obviously in the case of the Varus win. But I think you're right in the sense that the vast majority are coming from individual leads built in the early game. One or two really great, you know, actually outplays in terms of execution on skirmishes where they punish people for making bad choices. But I agree, for the most part, it has been aggressive. a lot of snowballing. Yeah. Well, because they're aggressive. They actually don't just sit back and do nothing. So I, I don't think this Vitality team will ever get perfect gamed. Like other teams potentially could be. I love I love the flame. Always got to go back. He's think, smiling. He's smiling. <laughs> he's going to get you. I feel like, how far are you? Are you like... The get back, get someone back with revenge, like Count of Monte Cristo style, let it sit for three years, and then you come on a different podcast, and you're like, yeah, well, is literally always wrong, and he's a trash <laughs> analyst, or are you just, like, taking it in stride and going to let it go? And No, I don't mind it. I think I'm just going to take it in stride since we did play pretty awfully, so we just have some criticism. To be fair, too, you're also already a better pro player than Deficio ever was. So. Oh, I mean, no, that's geez. easy. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, there's better competition. The guy came in as a young player, and he immediately was hyped as one of the best top laners you've ever, ever seen. Like, I'm getting Zoro Zero vibes from Alfari. Because you actually remind me a lot of Zoro Zero. Most viewers will not know who that guy is, but way back we had... Or anything about what that guy was like. Cause... You know Zoro Zero. <laughs> I know of him. You know of yeah. him, right? You never, probably never played against him. Never played against uh, him. So back then he was the king of the top lane, but he had the kind of same approach that you did, uh, you have Alfari, where it is very much like focus on improving, every day is just about getting better and less about, you know, running around town getting drunk and these kind of things. So he was, he was very serious. I don't to know clear, many not, pro players that no, have that attitude. Best every the past. He's not back then. <laughs> you have to give some context there. That was the way of pros. Okay, that was how it was back, back then. Before coaches yes. and orgs that were really on board about getting support staff. He's not saying that about current EULC. Right, Let's right. Be That's fair. That's fair. Back in season three. I love how you're just projecting. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Season three. You know, when your team doesn't go out and get drunk every night, you know, maybe maybe his team could have won more if they just played. <laughs> so I have to say, it was a very try-hard personality, and it was I great to it, see though. back then. Uh, and that was why he was so good, because he always practiced more than everyone else. I like the try-hard personality. It seems like it's going to do well for you, and I like that Misfits are ambitious, even if they are currently a bit overrated. Well, cut down on the drinking, Alfari, and guys, you guys will do well, don't worry. All right. <laughs> All right, now our next topic, this one is especially for Alfari. We were going to talk about the state of top lane, but guys, you can see it. You can see it at home. Sometimes they pick Orange, sometimes they pick Camille, sometimes they pick Nora. It's not It's not the most interesting. Would you Would you agree, Alfari? Um, yeah, it's not the most interesting, but in comparison to how it was last year, and it's uh, Malka and Nautilus oh, probably God, at the time, yes. <laughs> oh, I still prefer it. All right, yeah, so with, with that meta in mind, let's talk a little bit about the actual top laners in the league. The players. The players themselves, not the champions. Get away from the meta. Talk about the people behind the champions. And who's actually good right now? Because I keep saying Ruin, and I keep being laughed at by both you and Officio. So talk to me about who's actually, like, a top, top laner right now in Europe. So, aside from myself, I think Wanda and Fisher Shaxi have both been looking strong. Like, they both look strong in other seasons as well, but they've, they're still strong at the moment. And I'd say they have the strongest lane phases out of the other top laners, mm-hmm. um, which is the main thing. You know, when rating a player, I think at least it's the easiest way to rate a player. And then there are some other top laners like Sarth and Um 
Well, like Sars, he seems really smart about the game and he's you know, been playing the game for a long time and he's still consistent. And Odawamne, I, I honestly, I think he's like still one of the stronger top laners in terms of laning at least. I don't know why he's having such a poor season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's individually better than a lot of top laners in Europe at least. So that's a little bit confusing for me, but yeah, I think Wanda and Fisher Saxi are probably top three at the moment. Where do you see someone like Profit then, who's like on paper at least done pretty well on, on Rocket this split? I would probably say he's like six or seven mm-hmm. best top player in Europe. Um, I, I think he's fine at being played around, but if he doesn't get played around, he struggles a lot. And his, I mean, yeah, he struggles a lot because mm-hmm. his laning phase 1v1 isn't so great, but he seems good at being played around, like I just said, and he can actually split push and not get caught too much. Mm-hmm. Which seems to be actually one of the yeah. hardest things as a top player. Yeah, we see a lot of even like Vizichacho and was still still struggles a little bit with getting caught. Admittedly, way better than it has been in previous seasons, but still struggles a bit. I'm curious on So as you talk about him being like a really smart player who understands the game. Uh, I want to know specifically an example from a game we had last week was the TP Ignite Orn. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was smart, but it worked out. Yeah, yeah that's what I, presumably I, yeah. I understand that maybe it's for yeah. kill pressure, but he also died a bunch. Like it. Tell, talk to me about Soas. It's like, do you is he always this kind of innovative, weird player that he does kind of interesting things in lane, or is this like a one-off? Soas is randomly taking Ignite on Orn, and no one's sure why, kind of thing. Um, I don't. I haven't seen much innovation from him personally. I think this is the first thing that's like a little bit oddball, apart from like six top like ages ago when oh, I was still in school. That's true. <laughs> but. He may, maybe he doesn't innovate this much, but he's still strong. And this on with ignite top lane, like I, I can understand going flash ignite, but TP ignite. <laughs> maybe if you're just really sure, like maybe you just want to absorb jungle pressure and bait enemy and you're ganking you, just so you can sponge for reckless to you know. I mean, it worked, but yeah. they carried him doing... successfully a couple of times. So I don't know how much he did absorb a lot of pressure. Uh, he was a good sponge, I guess. But yeah. I didn't watch the game. I just saw him solo killing ruin a couple of times. In a counter matchup, so that was uh, a bit interesting. But maybe you just wanted to absorb pressure for his both lane. Maybe he's actually a genius. Do you actually feel like right now that the top lane? Because uh, we talk about champions now. I know we go back to meta, even though we actually stepped away from it. But do you feel like the top lane pool is a little bit stale in terms of what's being played, or do you see without revealing specific champions that in scrims there are like ten different top laners that we don't see in stage being used, and everyone's trying to innovate, or is it just? the same picks all the time. No, I, I would say that the top lane meta at the moment is quite stale. Hasn't really changed for like three patches now. Mm-hmm. Although I do think that other top laners in Europe have like kind of caught on more and more about Gangplank just being really strong. Like mm-hmm. in the first couple of weeks, no one was like, barely anyone was playing it, which was pretty surprising. And uh, Vladimir as well, it was really OP with Frost screens, but not many people played it as they are now that it's removed. So I feel like the top lane meta has been kind of stale right, since the new season started, but people are getting more and more adapted to it now, and now basically everyone's caught up. But how do we get my boy Yorick in the top lane meta <laughs> on stage? Quiet, please. I think you would have to just have really strong numbers. Like, I remember when he got reworked, I thought this champ had a lot of potential, but the more I played it, I played it in the scrims in Korea as well. Uh-huh. But then I just realized that this champ is just the worst trundle in like nearly every way. You only pick it against tanks, and then... <laughs> 
Trundle just has an ulti that's better team fighting, and he can actually lane better than him as well. But Yorick has a split push ult. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow, I agree. That's amazing. Like, he can take a tower without not even being there. Why are you... What? Okay, I guess I tried to get trashy to explain to me how Kane works, so I can't knock on you for trying to get... Are you going to ask about Garen next? No, because Garen, we... I mean... There are so many top lane options we never see. We don't even see Renekton anymore. Like, after the rune changes, he's just kind of disappeared completely. We don't even get Kennen top anymore. Like, there's so many picks that just kind of disappeared. Garen, of course, was never even a thing. But you're just, you're just so sad that it doesn't look like solo queue, right? You're just wondering, where's my Trindamir? He got buffed. Alfari, where's my Trindamir? Why no Trindamir? I don't need Trindamir. Maybe next, maybe next week. Was it G2? Yeah, there we go. We, we should leave it at that, because now he's revealed Trindamir is happening. <laughs> Uh, Player-wise, I did have a, another question, actually. I know we're jumping around, but... Who's the most annoying top player in Europe to play against? Um... It would have to be someone that plays Jace, probably. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe Cabochard, actually. Maybe Cabochard. Because he plays weird stuff, like Lucian Jace. I mean, Jace isn't that weird. It kind of is at the moment, but... He plays some weird champs that are nearly only... Like just have the purpose for lane phase, like this Lucian pick against Fnatic. Yeah, doesn't do anything apart from win lane, and it doesn't really make much sense. But he's the type of player to pick just weird stuff like that, and he he's picking jacks versus tanks as well, which doesn't make much sense anyway, or by itself, unless you know you just have your jungle gank for it a lot, which is their plan. So he has a pretty annoying style where he just wants to win lane every game, and he sometimes just wants to 2v2 of jungle a lot as well. <laughs> um, I think he's probably the most annoying, yeah. He does have more than other top players, but it's just one style, of, like, centric. Is it bad enough that you would ever be, like, in draft, like, please, for the love of God, don't make me blind pick into Cabo. I don't want him to pick some random, really niche counter pick to you specifically against me. Or is it just, like... Oh god, I'm playing against Cabo. We're gonna blind pick this Orn, and I'm just gonna have to accept that whatever weird thing he's cooked up this week is gonna crush me in lane, and I'm gonna have to hide under tower. Um, I don't think I like mind blind picking against him because, sure, he has maybe different champ pools and other top laners, which I think is the main annoying thing. Like, I want, for example, Capuchard could play Jace if I blind pick Nar, whereas if I blind pick Nar against Sars or Fujishaxi, I'm in very little threat of getting counter picked, right? Um, which is the main annoying thing about, you know, drafting against him, but with stuff like Lucian, you don't, you know, consider it that much in draft because it's not a pick for a reason, <laughs> which is that it's not good. <laughs> so sure he can play it, but you know, you don't worry about it really. Alright, makes sense. Now it's time for my favorite segment ever, because as always, uh we're wrong. We're so not wrong. We're off. We're, say. we're, just we're a off. off. Alright, this is E- the Euphoria EULCS power rankings. Now, last week, we had... I'm just going to run you through them. First to 10th. First place was Vitality. Woo! I think safe bet. We got that one. Got that one. Now it gets a, a little worse. All right. Second place is Misfits. Third place is Giants. Fourth place is Fnatic. Fifth is Schalke. Sixth is G2. Seventh is Splice. Eighth is Rocket. Ninth is Unicorns of Love. And 10th is H2K. And it is important to note, we make this list based on everything we have seen on the LCS stage True. for the last few weeks. So we're not actually trying to predict how it's going to look after next week's games. We're just basing it on week one, two, three, and four in this case, which obviously means that it can shift around quite a lot. 
Uh, there's definitely a certain team towards the top who might move down a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I think, I mean, we didn't get them that wrong. We got the bottom two correct. Unicorns being number nine and HK being number 10. We did. And if we count ties, we got the bottom four correct. But of course, there's a massive tie for fifth place right now. So All right. Let's get into it. Let's, okay, so we usually start at the bottom and work our way up because it turns out that the bottom teams are pretty easy to place. Worked for you, Alfari? All good? Yeah. All right, nice. Tenth place, I'm going to say that it's probably still H2K. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Do you, like, quick heads up on why, in case you guys wonder. Uh, at the moment, they don't do anything at all. Yep. Uh, they are the most passive early game team who also end up Drafting comps that needs to get ahead in the early game uh, fairly often, and then they don't do anything with it. They have only one lane they can play around, uh, which is Smitty J up in the top lane, and that is not a very successful uh, strategy because Smitty J is not better than the other top laners in Europe. Uh, they currently swapped Kadrol, the former mid laner, into jungle. Mm. and picked up Selfie as the new mid laner. Saying that Kadro would be a more aggressive jungler than the veteran Santorin, who has since left the organization. And uh, Kadro, in his first game as a jungler, uh, we got this from our great stats team just before we went live, did 55 damage per minute in that game. Uh, and the game was only like 32 minutes long. So that is a very low amounts of damage. He didn't gank anything, actually. And I'm not just blaming Kadro here. It's, it is a team uh, issue, but... At Quite the moment, questionable decisions too when it comes to roster. Yeah, so it's a really questionable decision moving mid lane into jungle. Uh, that's already kind of weird right there. And then second of all, it's just it didn't solve any problem. Afar, do you have anything you want to add on H2K struggles? No, I just think it's funny that they actually put Kato jungle. Yeah, came out of nowhere. I don't understand that one at all. But we'll find out. Maybe it'll work for them in the future. For now, they will uh, keep tenth place. Uh, very solid 10th place. Very solid 10th place. Uh, if, you know, they stay long enough, maybe we'll name it after them. But for now, just keeping it keeping it warm for the next team, potentially. Uh, ninth place. They moved up from 10th place. Unicorns of Love still feel like they're probably the ninth place team. Yeah, I would agree, too. Do you think they're close to some of the teams in the middle of the standings? Like, where we have Rocket, Splice, Misfit, Schalke? Mm, I think we could have win against them like a lot more likely than H2K but I still don't think they're like you know close competitor teams how close they are that's fair I think putting a number nine is pretty solid yeah I think I mean we see slow improvement but a lot of the same core issues still feel like they're present and unfortunately they still don't have it's not like we're waiting on like raw individual talent to carry them through right like there's some individual talent that's lacking in terms of landing phase there's some a lot of team coordination that's lacking. It feels like there's just a lot of weaknesses in a lot of different places, and solving any one doesn't actually move them up the tier list. They made a change, though. Uh, Cold goes mid lane like 5 million times in the early game now, which has been an improvement for Exile, uh, for sure. That might be the way forward for Unicorns. They're close to getting some wins on the board. Definitely one of the better 1-7 teams we've had in uh, in recent memory. That's a compliment. Right that now. Is the best, that is the best of the 1-7 teams at the moment. Now it gets spicy, though, because we got to put in number 8. Now, the four teams who are tied for fifth place, as we said before, Schalke, Misfit, Splice, Rocket. I also want to put Giants in that pool, so that kind of five teams we're looking at. To potentially be number eight in the in, the, in our league power rankings, Alfari, if 
you had to nominate one team for number eight, who would you nominate? One team. One team. Or two, let's say two teams. Or yeah, or you could say it's a struggle between two. Is there any team that you would just, just like, eighth place, bam. It's probably us, actually. It's probably Misfits. <sighs> that is far down. I mean, it's, it's either us or Rocket and Giants, but we just lost to them, so how can I put them below us? You put Splice above you. They beat us as well. Sure, sure. It's true. I mean, if we base it purely on results... I mean, uh, let's... let's Because remember that the goal isn't 100% on results. It's based on team performance, right? And so if you believe that you're going to come back or that you've shown that you're better than Splice, even if you lost to them, you could put yourself above them. Like, it's not just like, these guys beat us, therefore they're better than them. I personally you beat technically to also eight. beat Vitality, and they're first. So, you know, I mean, we can't go purely off of results. Come on, you guys are not the third worst team in the league right now, based on one week. One week where you had a 10k gold lead as well and did everything this pretty well. This is the first time we've had to try to get someone to move their team up, by the way. Well, then it would have to be Rocket or Giants, but yeah, I, I, I feel it's weird, you know, putting them below us when we just had an awful week and lost to both of them. I mean, <laughs> if you if you played them again right now, do you think you'd win? I don't know. It's been one day of scrims after we just lost to them. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, so the Misfits-Rocket game, I agree, that was... That was just atrocious. Like, that was really bad. So, that one definitely warrants them being far down on the list. But uh, the Giants game was a lot of pretty good things from, Mis uh, from Misfits. I, I like to play around the first Baron. You guys got really far ahead in that game. And yes, you ended up losing it because you lost the Baron and then you lost the following team fight. But I, I did not feel that Misfits was a worse team than Giants after watching that game. Personally, I feel like Misfits were the better team, but they took a gamble in the draft in a meta where you could just go full late game, and then it went wrong in the late game and they lost. So, uh, I'm I'm more looking at for number eight. It's actually kind of tough between these teams. The only team I don't feel like can be number eight on our list is Schalke, based on what they showed us this week, uh, and I think. Ah, like, I'm kind of giants of Rocket. Like, I'm probably going to say Rocket personally, even after they had that perfect game, because outside of that, recently, it's been very shaky for Rocket. Dude, I still think it's Splice. And not just because Marty flamed me on Twitter, Marty, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> your team only plays late game and loses every single early game. And admittedly, they showed more with Niski and that, uh, you know, the TF, Camille, yeah. Shane Gang top lane. I thought that was cool, and I thought that was an improvement, but also, you know, against... H2K, so it's hard for me to give a lot of credence to that win. And that, like, if we look at, yes, I think they have a better late game than either than any of the other like quote unquote abusers of of the scaling meta, right? I think they have some of the best because like Copy's an absolute freaking monster. Um, but still, like the early game is also I think way worse. And that like super actually makes me super nervous for this team as we get later into the season and. Teams are clearly trying more one three one, and like eventually teams will be mm. good enough to use this, even if the meta does not change, and they will not get a chance to play late game. I do really want Alfaro to have the last say in number eight. All right. So if you say Misfits number eight, we put Misfits number eight, and then we move on to number seven. Is that is that your final say? Well, we lost to Rocket and Giants. That's my opinion. Misfits number eight, then for now. 
This is a uh, <laughs> controversial, but the middle of the middle of these power rankings is always so difficult. This is the word, right like, now. yeah, because well, it used to be that the top was really hard, right? But now it's. See, I personally think they're better than this, but Afari, this is your call. You are the guest on our uh, podcast with our power rankings. Number seven, then, it is between Rocket and Giants in your mind. I think Giants are worse. I agree. I actually think Giants are currently because Rocket are, pl- are trying to execute like split push comms. Uh, and a little bit more early game focus, and I'm actually finding decent success at least this week with it. Misfits tried to split push comp and got a 10k gold lead, and yeah, they threw it away by team fighting. But like, uh, I'm yeah. not giving people credit for effort that they put into trying new compositions. That's that's dumb to me. That does not mean that they're playing better, right? But I think they're actually playing them pretty well. Uh, <sighs> like, yeah, the uh, ride, the rise nar was. Yeah. But the vitality game, they get two barons with a split push comp, and they don't finish the game. Like. I know they just perfect gamed you, Rocket, and that's why you want to put Giants probably under them. All right, but I'm going to come in again. I don't think either team is good, but, but yeah, neither, neither team is good. Rocket, Giants are both bad, but okay. just we choose. Splice keeps not being a part of this conversation, and I understand Splice, and I understand they have Odwamne, and they've got Kabe, and they got, you know, these guys You're who, right. You're who right. can't be really good. And God, I feel like the ultimate Splice hater right now, but like, I just want to know why they're not a part of this discussion and why they're above these other two teams in terms of who's that's going fair. to take this spot. That's fair. Because... Are you seeing something that I don't? Because I see that, you know, Rocket are trying to split push thing. We can give them credit. Splice are also trying to split push thing. Also finding success against a bottom tier team. Also still incredibly reliant on scaling late game. I just feel like all three of these teams have a lot of the, uh, are relying a lot on the same stuff. Although, you know, Rocket and Splice did try some one three one stuff. And I don't know, to me, they're all not interchangeable, but they're all struggling or expected to struggle in a lot of the same ways. Yeah, I do like that Spice's late game is as strong as it is right now. Um, the early game is still an issue for sure, but I think the same can be said for Giants 100%. I feel like Spice and Giants are very similar uh, in, in that regard. Rocket are trying to play more early game focused, which has had mixed success. Uh, they're good at getting the advantages, but then sometimes poor at, at, ex- at closing it up. But then against Misfits, they had, again, a, a fantastic game on their side where Misfits basically didn't do anything and they just got punished. So part of me wants it, like, it's between those three teams from 7, 6, and 5. Um, I think it's hard to rank the best one. Like, if I had to say right now, I would do Rocket. I would do Rocket. Giant Splice or Rocket Splice Giants. Oh. One of those two. The thing is that we're filling in three slots. This is five, six, and seven. Two of these teams. Okay, here's the, here's the deal. Let's do it this way. Which of those three teams isn't making it into playoffs? Let's mm. say it like that, because that's what it is, right? That's the difference between seventh place and sixth place. Sure. I think Splice will make playoffs. And... If the meta stays roughly the way it is now, I think Giants will make playoffs too. Afari, what do you think? I mean, that's just one, this is just me trying to find another way to look at this seventh place thing. So if it's based on right now this meta, yeah. the way they're playing from week four, I think Rocket have a higher chance of making playoffs actually mm-hmm. than Giants. I think. But who is? But then, then on the other side, who is better right now? Because that's the ultimate thing we're trying to answer. This is just a thought experiment with the playoffs thing. I think both these teams are pretty even. Although if I had to choose, I would say Giants are worse because I 
just don't think they should fall behind that much early game. I think um, Blockout, even though it's a late game, isn't as good as Giants. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's more valuable to have a consistent or at least you know be able to play early game, which I think they can do better with uh, Memento and Blank rather than Betsy and Djoko, who look better, but mm -hmm. Djoko is uh, kind of unreliable, even if he is... He's reliably aggressive. Well, okay. what about Spice then? <laughs> what about Spice in this? Like, where do you see Spice? I think they're the strongest out of the three teams late game. And I think they can be a strong team. I think they're struggling a lot early game. Although, I think that's a lot because of Sirkse, the mm -hmm. jungler. Mm -hmm. I think he's being too passive in the early game compared to other junglers. Although, at the same time, like, maybe the laners are dying too much to ganks. Like, the other one, they allow the game. Sure, Sokse wasn't very impactful, but you know, he still died to a lot of ganks a lot. But I feel like not dying to ganks is easier to fix than um, you know, winning like going from being really safe for the game and just losing every lane to being practice. Mm -hmm. So this to me it feels, feels like feels like Giants Rocket Splice. So seven six five, you're saying. So yeah, so Giants number seven. Uh, Rocket number six and and Splice number five. For me, I think Rocket and Giants can be swapped around depending on how you view it. I think Giants have a higher chance of keep winning games right now, as long as it is a late game meta. But I think Rocket's way of playing the game is better overall. And I think Spice is because the late game is somewhat better than these two teams, or just in general. Like I think they have the best late game, and they have Kobe right now who's doing really well. I think they have to be one spot above Rocket or Giants on this ranking. Yeah, I agree. I think Spice right. is definitely five. All right. Spice number five, Rocket number six, Giants number seven. That was very difficult. It was. It's actually really hard to it's, rank these Because I think, I think, I mean, I, I agree, right? I think at the end of the day, they're all similar to what they're trying to do. They have slight differences in terms of whether it's early game or how they're approaching the game strategically, but... It's so hard for me to ever go into one of their games and be like, this team's going to win and this is how they're going to win. It's more, I, I feel like a lot of the games that I've watched for these guys where they have won, it's going to be like, it's like, if this team doesn't win, this team will win, right? Mm -hmm. And that, and that maybe that's just the nature of playing these late game scaling comps, but it's, it makes it so hard for me to say anything super definitive about them. Number four on the list. Remaining we have G2 Esports, Schalke, Fnatic, and Team Vitality. Now, the easy one based on the rankings would be put Schalke number four. Um, I think Schalke, though, they show some really good things. Uh, not always. Like, there are definitely issues for them, but the G2 game, to me, was one of my favorite games uh, to watch. I think uh, it had so many back and forths. They had Nuke Dog versus Perks going at it individually. Insane, by the way. I think a problem for Schalke and why I think they should be fourth is late game... They're not consistent at all, uh, based on the individual players. Upset has had some cases or some fights where he just hard like misplays. He mispositions. He ends up dying in in a situation where he shouldn't do that. And I think, man, like late game right now, you need a really good AD carry. Uh, I mean, but the same thing happened for Hyarn, especially. Yeah, that's why for me it's between D two and Schalke right now on 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 four and three. Mm -hmm. Like, Alfari, what's your opinion on Schalke? Where do you think they stand? How do you feel about their late game, their individual players? I think they have 
maybe better individual players than G2 overall. At least I think the bot lane can be stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not at the moment, since I think Xiaona never did. Maybe they're not uh, the best individually, but they're pretty smart and they're still solid individually. I would have to put Schalke fourth and G2 probably third, since I think Schalke... I mean, I just don't think they're as good. Mm -hmm. I think like both teams have like similar players in all positions and both teams have like a decent um sense of macro and we have to play the game like how it's supposed to be played but g2 could seem better like i think they got the lead in the game against them right and um they had a game plank as well actually but then again like they, they threw that lead yeah, it, it, that game was back like and forth for like 55 minutes, man. Yeah, it's hard for me because, I mean, at the same time, I agree that like Upset has these issues, but Hjorn is also struggling. Yeah. I feel like Yankos is probably above Pride, although Pride has had some really interesting and really strong early game pathing. Um, but also, Nukedek played LeBlanc insanely well in the late game, like really well. And normally, like for me at least, I just don't see that in competitive. Maybe it's specifically because he's up against a Zoe, who's also kind of this weird first mage sort sure. of deal. I mean, both right, teams are but... pretty smart, right? And which is why we got such a back and forth. We just had two, 280 carries that kind of struggled to have an impact on the game in the late game. Uh, Upset had a good start to the game. The first, like, 25 minutes was pretty fucking solid from him. Mm -hmm. um, but the late game uh, was actually where they technically won the game when Nuketok kills Perks in the, in the base of G2. And then Upset drums him with Tristana and he dies. Face and then, boom, it all turns <laughs> around. So yeah. Yeah. These kind of things are definitely an issue. I think putting Schalke fourth right now, G2 third, and then Fnatic second would be my kind of ranking going up now. I think Fnatic are showing... I mean, I think at this point, second and first, we were pretty... Yeah, that's pretty good like, like, uh, we'll, we'll be explicit. But I, for... I really like that Reckless is is playing much more with the team now on Fnatic's side. Well, here, let's let's just lock in. We can talk about it, because I think we want to give some service to both Fnatic and Vitality here. But what's are we locking in Schalke, number four? G2 third. Ooh, Schalke at four. Feels appropriate. Fnatic second. Afara, you agree with everything? Yeah. I think Fnatic is second, and Fnatic's first. Good. Let's talk about why Fnatic's second, though, because I mean they've kind of they've jumped up a pretty decent amount. Um, and and for me, from fourth to second, for me, I think Hillisang looked way better this week. Uh, partially maybe because they built comps that are more his style, where he can just be an initiator. But I think that the team looked way more on the same page. And I also think that it wasn't the best week in terms of innovation for Fnatic. I didn't see them like carrying across multiple roles but you did see a lot of like really good individual performance from soaz and them drafting a team comp to play around reckless and then reckless playing with the team to execute that comp what do you think about fanatic i think like g2 and shelka they have really strong individual players and their macro is getting better at least their teamwork is um like caps and reckless are two really strong carries maybe like the strongest mm -hmm. like two carries like together in europe and some like the other players are bad either. I think the main problem with Fnatic is Hellasang like maybe being too aggressive at times and just getting caught or being too aggressive, but I think he can tone that down and they'll be strong. Maybe be able to challenge Fatality soon. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they're playing more now as a five-man group and it was... Cause First few weeks, there was a lot of like still put Rectus in the side lane 24 7, and then Source was in the other one, and Caps had to hold mid. And then if you camped mid and Caps got shut down, you just kind of it all fell apart, you know. Um, but now we see much more of actually early grouping with Reckless. He's team fighting really well. 
uh, Caps, when he's not getting chain ganged 5 million times and get no help from his own team, of course, will not fall that far behind. Broxia just literally said, I'm going to place wards around mid lane. And then Caps was like, thank you, mate. I can now see the gang coming and he didn't die to it. So I think... The Bengi to Caps is baby faker. That's kind of what they need to do. And I think Fnatic of all looks super solid in, in, in team fights, which is the, the most important thing for mm. them right now. So I think they deserve second place. But no yeah. one is catching God, Gilius and Vitality. No, baby. they're too good. They play aggressive. They seem very difficult to play against. We've talked about how this might not be a long-term thing, but it's do you really agree? really good on stage, man. Do you agree for now how far that they are? The clear number one. Yeah, definitely. Easy peasy. Sweet. There you have it. The Euphoria power rankings. Coming into week five, we have first place Vitality, second place Fnatic, third place G2, fourth place Schalke, fifth place Splice, sixth place Rockat, seventh place Giants, eighth place Misfits, Unicorns Love in ninth, and H2K in tenth. All right, our last segment of the day, as always, is Quick Shots, our Quick Fire Prediction segment now. I'm going to be listing all of this week's games. We're going to be going through them. I'm going to give our contestants about two seconds to think about it. Even less, actually. I'm going to say go. Just one second, I'm going to say go, and you're going to tell me who's going to win. Keep in mind that this is a very important week, because last week, Deficio and our guest Cold were tied at 6-6. Six and six. The score between Deficio and guests is currently 17-17 to 17 going forward. I don't know how we're going to decide this at the end of Split Mage. Deficio just has to give every pro some candy or something at the end of the season. Hey, I've, I've already had a few things going on. Uh, I'm going to get some Facts of Condi from Cold. I have yes. to take Yamada Cannon yes. uh, to Chicken Buzz mm. uh, and buy him that one. I don't remember what Perks... We just made... That was just a Twitter bet. That so was just a Twitter bet. That's already solved. Perks had to tweet out that I'm the greatest. Yeah, he forgot to tweet out that I'm the greatest because we also bet on that one on a thing, but... I'll take it. We'll take it. I'm not salty. I'm a little salty. Alright, guys. So, are you ready, Afari? Yeah. Do you feel prepped? Good. You can't prep for this, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can know a lot of whatever. All right. Let's begin. Splice versus Giants. Go. Splice. Splice. All right. Rocket versus H2K. Go. Rocket. Rocket. Oh, that was easy. Oh, wow. Vitality versus G2. Go. G2. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Misfits versus Unicorns of Love, go. Misfits. Misfits, yeah. Oh, I want to say Unicorns so badly. <laughs> yeah. Schalke versus Fnatic, go. Fnatic. Schalke. Ooh. Ooh. I, I, we got some disagreements. <laughs> H2K versus Vitality, go. Vitality. Vitality. Yeah, I don't even know why. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Giants versus Unicorns of Love, go. Unicorns of Love. I'm smelling a Unicorns of Love win there. <clears throat> okay. Schalke versus Rocket, go. Schalke. Schalke. Splice versus Fnatic, go. Not Fnatic. Oh, definitely. Um, G2 versus Misfits, go. Misfits. G2. Oh. All right, all right, all right, all right. We got some disagreements. Okay, there's a lot, actually. You guys have disagreed a lot. You predicted. Okay, so. I mean, to me, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. And you probably I mean, you get say it that right literally now. every week, and you've never gotten better than 6 <laughs> out of 10. Hey, 6 out of 10 <laughs> in a best of one meta <laughs> is positive. Okay. The question is Alfari. Are you a man who's interested in a wager? And if so, Misfits versus G2 seems oh, that's like a good one. one. Uh, if you want a safe one, you can go for Giants, Unicorns of Love, where you guys have disagreed. Fanatic Shalka. What's your fancy, man? You wanna you wanna make a who's the best analyst slash top laner wager for the Twitterverse? Maybe you'd like to bet. Okay, okay. So if G2 beats Misfits. You have to tweet out my Yorick backdoor play where I solo carried a game from Medic Stream 
and say that this is the greatest top lane play you have ever seen. And of course, tag me in it. Is that fair? Sure. Which game? Which game? It's the G2, uh, G2, G2 Misfits, Misfits, man. G2 Misfits, G2 Misfits okay. right there. Alfari, now you get to counter proposal here. You can ask him for anything, assuming he agrees. What should I do if Misfits win? Um, I have no idea. I, have, I don't have any fancy York place that you can no? face me for, unfortunately. No. That's not good. Do you want to, like, let's make... Okay, so if you win, how about for all of week six, you have to give Alfari a special title, and you have to... Refer to him as like the Lord Max Lorbet. Like a Lord. We can Max do a Lord for week six. You do Lord for week six. Or week five, I guess. I feel like Lord's unoriginal. We need a better title. Mm-hmm. Is there any title you've always wanted? The Captain. Pr- Captain. Captain Alfari. I have to call it Captain Alfari for all of week six. All of week six. Should now be, let's be clear. If here. Misfits win. On cast. On cast. On cast. On the analyst. Captain test. Alfari. Captain Alfari for all of week six. If Misfits win. Yeah. That's a deal. Deal. There we go. We That's got it. So fantastic. All right. To clarify, Deficio's backdoor Yorick play from Medic Stream has to be tweeted out with the original Twitch clip. And Alfari saying this is the greatest play of all time. Greatest top lane play greatest of all time. Greatest top lane play I've ever seen or of all time. Yeah, however something you want like it. That. And otherwise, Deficio in week six, if he loses, has to refer to Alfari as Captain Alfari across all casts, all analyst desk, everything. Yes. And you're literally on all five games both days. That's fantastic. That makes me so happy. All right. Great bet. There we go. Well, that's it for episode four of Euphoria. Of course, if you want to check out more EU LCS action, you can tune in Friday and Saturday starting at 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. Get hyped. Of course, the match that has been bet on is Misfits versus G2. It is the final match on Saturday right before NALCS and, of course, the EU LCS post-game lobby. But until then, thank you so much for joining us, Alfari. I wish you luck. I would love to hear uh, Deficio call you Captain Alfari for a week. And just as one more kind of like vote of confidence before we leave, Misfits are clearly going to beat G2, right? Yeah, clearly. Yeah. He says that after ranking Misfits number eight on our power yeah, rankings, I finally put it, them number which eight. Which makes it especially disrespectful. So you can look forward to that. We'll be back <laughs> next week with episode five. And until then, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys then.